so we got Michelle Perry here uh, this morning. Uh, and this is uh, interesting about Michelle Perry. She is a very Renaissance person, okay? And I was, I, I didn't really, I was just catching this. You know what a Renaissance person is? Think Leonardo, not DiCaprio, <laughs> the other Leonardo, the real Leonardo, the real, yeah, he was a, he was like this multi, that's what Renaissance person is, is a multi-gifted and talented person. He was an artist, he was a scientist, he was an engineer, he invented all this stuff, and he was somewhat of a theologian on the side, I guess. Uh, but when, when Michelle was talking Friday night, uh, I felt something, it was like this uh, impartation thing, right when she started speaking, I really was trying to, I couldn't really understand what it was. And I was asking the Lord about it, and really, I started, this thought came to mind. A few years ago, Larry Randolph was in our church preaching, and he preached a message called the Renaissance Church. Does anybody remember that? That was a very powerful message, and unfortunately, we don't have it on our website, because I looked for it this morning. Uh, but basically, he was talking about the church uh, going from, it becoming, there's a Renaissance Church that God's trying to release into the earth. And uh, I was thinking, wow, that's really what God really wants to do. Because Michelle, is, she's a missionary, okay? But she's also a very uh, artistic person. She does these artist blogs and likes to hang out with artists and do all this creative stuff. Plus, she's a business person. She's into doing, you know, starting businesses, doing businesses. Uh, so, and she, she writes, and she's big into the supernatural, Okay, this is her book. If, I would love for you to be able to buy her book if we had any more left here, but we sold them all out. But this is a we're great book. Orders. We're going to take orders. Yeah, take orders order for this book if you want to buy it. And we will mail them to you. We no, will. she'll mail them here. We'll she'll mail them here. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm giving instructions here. Anyway, so this is about the invitation into the supernatural life. It's like, not only, you know, a lot of books like, wow, those are powerful encounters. But this book is, wow, those are powerful encounters. And this is how you can live this life. Yeah. But she, I think what she gives, though, is what I'm getting off. I've been listening to her for a few days now, just <laughs> hanging around, trying to really understand what God was trying to release. And I think it's that Renaissance anointing, where it's a lifestyle. It's not like what she says. Revival is not an event. Revival is a lifestyle. That's, Renaissance is actually one of the definitions for Renaissance is revival. Okay? And it's a lifestyle where you can take it into any part of your life. Your home life, you know, with your family, your, your, your work world, uh, you know, church world, whatever world God has you in in that moment where you are carrying something that's extraordinary. And I believe that's really what the Lord wants to do when we talk about a, a Renaissance church. He wants to, to release that. Yeah, and I guess we were supposed to take up an offering for her. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot that. Come on up here. We're going to give her an offering. If you would, while she's coming up here, if you would like to bless her, uh, just if you don't know her, she lives in South Sudan, which is a terrible place to live unless God told you to live there. You know, either you were born there or God sent you there. You don't want to be there any other way, but... It is the newest nation on the earth, and she has an orphanage there. And so everything we're taking up is going to go to her to serve and help what she's doing. Amen? Yeah. So, Lord, we want to bless Michelle Perry this morning. Yeah. 
And I believe there's an impartation. I want you to get to know when you receive something. This is a receive. This is not an understand moment. This is a receive moment. And that, as long as you don't fall down or something, you know. She does more with one leg than most people do with multi legs. I'm serious. My heavens. Shabbat. Shabbat. I about killed my phone on a Friday night. I gave it wings. <laughs> Try not to do a repeat performance. This, this is not, I'm not texting. This is my Bible. It's a little bit more compact. I love technology. I think God's just, he's so fun. <laughs> I'm glad if I'm going to be a missionary in today's day and age, I'll tell you that. You know, waiting six weeks for a letter to get to the destination and then six more weeks. That's if they wrote it on the day they received it. You know, the reply. I mean, that just, I don't think I have the grace for that. I, you know, waiting six minutes for an email sometimes is too long. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. <laughs> oh, God, I just, I love what you're doing here. I love what you're doing in the earth. I just love being where you're moving. I love your presence. I love being with you any way you choose to come. So, Papa, I just ask that you would, you would come and keep coming and keep coming and never stop coming. And you would draw us deeper and deeper and deeper <laughs> and deeper and deeper. Just there's deeper still <laughs> into the depths of your heart, God. <laughs> we just welcome the angelic realm we welcome the full reality of heaven into this room and into this place we welcome the cloud of witnesses we welcome the living creatures we welcome the full manifestation of the supernatural reality of your kingdom coming and your will being done here in our little patch of earth God in our little patch of earth, in this room, as it is in heaven. Father, I thank you that the veil between time and eternity is growing thinner and thinner and thinner, and you have called and ordained this company of people to be those that walk in a thin place with you, that carry a thin place of your presence where it's easy to encounter you. Father, that this would be an area where people would even drive through and they would have encounters on the roadside. Just because of the blanket anointing of your presence. Papa, if you could hoist a little lady, you know, into the trees named Mariah Woodworth at her and have, have a blanket anointing for a 50 mile radius around her. And that she could preach to 10,000 people before there was even such a thing as a PA system. Daddy, I just thank you there's nothing you cannot do. Yeah. Father, I thank you for the rich yeah. heritage and the deep wells that are even in this part of the geography of this nation. Yeah. Daddy, and I thank you that there is a connection to the nation of Wales. 
And there is a connection to the fire of revival that was poured out there, Father. And I thank you that what you're doing and what you're stirring in the earth, God, that we're not going back to what was the good old days of revival. Father, we're building on a foundation and we're being launched into something that is even greater and even deeper. And Father, that will have impact that's even far beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine. Because that's what you do exceedingly, abundantly, all we can ask, think, imagine, contain, conceive, control, or even even begin to get our heads around God. <laughs> Papa, thank you that we don't have to figure it out. We just have to walk it out. And be in step with you, Holy Spirit. Be in step with you. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not tame Sunday morning church as normal. <laughs> if you guys came for normal Sunday church, I'm very sorry. Because the day of normal Sunday church is, is sort of over. It's a new day that's dawning in the earth. And God is about to unleash his wildness like like this generation has not even begun to see. You know, we look and we think, you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen him do wild things. Well, he hasn't even begun to show you what wild looks like. He hasn't even begun to show me what wild looks like. And I live in a very, very untamed place. (laughs) I mean, when I went to to what was Sudan now as South Sudan um, five and a half years ago. I mean, it was a war zone. There were rebels that were controlling the road. I mean, I've had loaded AK-47s at my head, and, you know, people telling me, you know, I'm dead. Well, they were wrong. Um, <laughs> you know. What are you going to do? Kill me? Send me to heaven? I'm just not really impressed. Because you're not going to do anything unless God allows it. And, and by the way, is your gun ever raise the dead? No. Well, if all you can do is kill people and God can bring them back to life with his love, then who has a more powerful weapon? God is calling us to walk on the wild side of his love and to walk on the wild side of his grace. We have done tame, safe, nice Christianity for far too long. Okay, and I believe God wants to bring a challenge to all of us, myself included today, that we are going to walk on the wild side of grace. We are going to walk in the wildness of His love. We are not going to be content, and we are not going to be, be just settled because we have a good church service. Not that you guys would do that. I mean, your river life. But just in case. <laughs> you know, get ready for riding the rapids. River life. I hope you're ready to go rafting with Holy Spirit. Because it's about to get wild. It is about to get wild. Because the people that I meet when I'm not in the church kind of sphere, when I have the honor and the privilege to be out 
you know, loving people that don't yet know um, that they need Jesus. They know they need something, but they don't know that it's Him yet, but they will. And I have a, I have a privilege of walking with some people that are in various stages of their spiritual journeys. And oh my goodness, they do not want nice and safe. They want what they want. Wow, they want raw, real, untamed. Why do you think there's all the supernatural dark jazz that's going on in the media and in Hollywood and in entertainment? It's because there is a hungry, thirsty world out there for reality. And guess what? If we don't walk in it, we have nothing to give. It's not enough to know about it. It's we must walk in relationship with the one who is supernatural reality, and that's Jesus. Okay, being filled with his spirit to all the fullness of all the measure of God. That's what it talks about in Ephesians, that we get to be filled, 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 and keeping on being filled, filled, filled. It's not a one-time thing. It's not like a little dabble do you, you're good, go for it. It's an every day, I want to be hungrier than I was yesterday because blessed are those that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness for they will be what? Filled. Filled. Come on. Oh, you're making me feel at home. I like it. We do a lot of interactive messages at my house because we have 123 kids and you wouldn't keep their attention any other way. <laughs> but I love it. My 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds are preaching. And they're not just preaching on Sunday mornings. They're preaching out in the highways and the byways. Wow. Hey, and people are meeting Jesus and they're getting healed. And they're, they're getting their hearts healed. They're getting their bodies healed. They're getting their minds healed. And, you know, it's not because we really know what we're doing and we have, like, an amazing, amazing on-key worship choir. I mean, they're amazing. They're just not always on earthly keys. We excel on the heavenly ones, though. And, and, but God likes it, so he shows up. And I'd rather be in tune with heaven than with earth. How about you? <laughs> God's in a rascally mood today, so you just need to watch out. All right? And, you know, I want to start talking about something with you, and then I'm going to probably, maybe, possibly, I never know, but thinking I might finish it up with, with the next crowd. And so you just might want to get the message from the next sermon, too, just in case, because, um, you know, part A and part B, maybe. I never can say ahead of time because God's very creative and he likes to mess my plans up. Does, does he ever do that for you? You know, if you want to make God laugh, do what? Tell him your plan. <laughs> it's in my office. I have that, that on my wall. I like making God laugh. I'm sure I do a lot. <laughs> Holy, he makes me laugh a lot too, so we're even. Oh, Jesus. I absolutely love Hebrews 11. It just, and I believe it's a word for this hour. And the fact that there's a very real um, 
phenomenon in reality in the scripture that um, in the Western church and in our current understanding, um, we've moved away from a lot. We don't, we're not familiar with. Um, but the early mystics, the early church um, was very, 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 very familiar. And when I say mystic, I'm not talking about a new age guru chanting on a mountain. I'm talking about someone that has an experiential, living, breathing, deepening, experiential walk with God where it's not just an academic, you know, good, logical thought process. We were really good at those over here. But, but we're talking about the depth of experiencing the presence of who Jesus is, the fullness of who he is. And I love this bit because, do you know, we're not alone. If, you have a, if you've got a seat that looks empty next to you, well, I've just got news for you, it isn't. Okay, with the, if you were here on Friday, you remember that I had the group at the end Put your hand up to your face. And when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it li- he literally meant, it was a Hebraic saying, and it literally meant that the re- full reality and measure and resource of the kingdom of heaven is as close to you as that thin layer of air between your hand, the skin of your hand, and the skin of your face. And all you have to do to access it is lean into it. Well, if the full measure of the reality and resources of heaven is that close, guess what? So are the cloud of witnesses. So are the angelic hosts. All right, we are not alone. I mean, the fact that um, Jesus could have a powwow with Moses and Elijah on the mountain, when he was in the flesh, when he was in bodily form here on the earth, means that's a legal possibility for us too. That's a testimony, which is a legal precedent. That means we can engage, we can engage the supernatural realms that we actually, our spirit lives in already. And God wants us to become aware of. Do you realize the way that your mind makes um, normal narrative memory is you actually have to have, there's this little um, structure in your brain called the hippocampus. I just, I think the way God creates this is really cool. So you're going to see a little bit of my science side. Because um, there's this little structure in your brain called the hippocampus. It's really small, and it's like your information process center. And if you don't have a grid for what you're seeing, because we're taking in your brain right now, it's taking in thousands upon thousands of details, and you can't possibly cognitively remember them all. All right? So it filters. It's like your filter system. Okay? And so the way that you form a new memory is you associate it to something in the past. You associate it to an old memory. So if you don't have a grid for what you're seeing, you're not going to remember it. You know, I may remember some of your faces, but I'm probably not going to remember what you wore today because, you know, it's important right now, but it's not going to be important in five years. Some of you are going, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have time to plan. I overslept. Good news. And you all look great, by the way. But, you know what? I'm going to remember what God does because that's important. Okay? And so, but why is that so significant in engaging, you know, the full reality of the presence of heaven that's here in our midst? Well, it's because (laughs) if you don't have a context to be able to put what you're seeing, you may not remember what you're seeing. You may not actually see it. 
And that's why it's so important that we allow Jesus to renew our minds. And we renew our minds through the scripture. Because the scripture gives us all of these wonderful God encounters that we should be literally soaking in the reality of what does heaven look like? Read Revelation. You know, what was it like to meet a, meet a seraphim and have your lips cleansed? Read Isaiah. Right? There are all of these encounters. And if we start having like a hook to hang on to the revelation that God's given us, all of a sudden we're going to be given more. Remember what Jesus said. To he who has will be given more, but to he who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That actually is a physical memory process. In the way that God physiologically wired our brains. Isn't that cool? Okay, so I'm always asking God to expand my capacity. And the way that we have expanded capacity is he makes us hungry. Because the difference between what we have and our capacity to receive, we experience as hunger. So I always want to be hungry. Because I always want to be expanding my heart to be able to contain more of him. Now Hebrews 11 talks about this cloud of witnesses. And it talks about faith. And it talks about this one really cool guy named Enoch. And I want to talk a little bit about Enoch, um, probably more specifically next, next service. But um, if you want the book, I'm so sorry we sold out. Um, on, I mean, I'm happy we sold out, but I'm sorry I didn't have more. <laughs> if you want the book, someone get a, a piece of paper with your name and you can just, you know, write a chat or give us the money ahead of time. So I have money to ship them. And, um, and then we'll send them here. And if you signed up, we'll make sure you get a copy if you... You know, if you did that. So um, someone orchestrate that. Whoever does that, you're fabulous. <laughs> okay, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Starting at verse 1. You know this well. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. Faith is substance. Now, faith is the substance of what? Of things hoped for. So until we can have hope, it's impossible to have faith. Because we don't have anything to hang our faith on. Alright, so what does the enemy do? He doesn't usually come after faith. He comes after hope. And I know that you are in transition here. I can feel it. And I didn't even need to feel it because I just saw what you did to the room. And it's prophetic. You change your perspective on worship. Well done. Because <laughs> that's, what, that's what God's doing. He's changing our perspective. And sometimes it's a little uncomfortable because we're just not used to facing this wall. We're used to facing that wall. And, oh my gosh, now the doors are at the back instead of at the side. And I'm really confused. <laughs> Change is not always easy. Um, but it is always worth it when it's Jesus. And so, well done. You just made a huge prophetic statement over your body. You just made an investment into the next stage of grace that God wants to pour out here. And as you have the well done of heaven all over this. Three of you are excited about that. <laughs> Holy Spirit, could you serve up some, some Starbucks things or something? <laughs> I could use some. Yeah. Shava. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. But I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about recovering hope deferred. And we're going to talk maybe next time, next service, a little bit more about Enoch. But before we can talk about walking like Enoch did, this is foundational. And um, God just, you know, he, he likes laying the foundation before he tries to build the walls. It's kind of important. Your walls won't remain very well if you don't have a good foundation. I'm not a builder. In fact, they don't let me near construction sites um, or electronic things and repairing things. You know, things start to spark when I walk by. They just don't let me near them. Um, but I do know this. We built enough buildings in Africa for me to know the foundation is really important. Because we've had some squirrely contractors that like to cut corners on the foundation. So one of the walls of my house is like this. Oh. I mean, I look at the door jam and you kind of do this. Yeah. You just kind of lean a little bit. And I'm like, maybe it's prophetic. I don't know. Um, but Jesus, help. You know, it's more important to love the contractor than to have a straight wall. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's not dangerous. It's just, you know, a little odd. And you have to hang, hang the pictures crooked so they, they look straight. It's just strange. But I live in South Sudan, and so what are you going to do? I mean, I have a wall. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate. I have a wall. And I have a roof. And it sometimes keeps the rain out. So it's, it's, it's good. And because the wall slanted, it's not just slanted this way, it's slanted this way, and the rain always blows from this direction. Whenever it rains, I, I get Lake Michelle in the front part of my office. I can go swimming at home. And, I mean, it's just, it's, it's the, the, the fun little, little, you know, fun things that you get, to, you get to walk with when you're overseas that you would never have happen here. Or maybe you would, I don't know, but, but, but hopefully you wouldn't. And, um, but there's grace. It just, we like to call it, it adds character. I love soaking, just not on my office floor. Love it, Jesus. <laughs> oh, and so what does the enemy do? He comes after hope. Now, I'm tell you a story. You can see I'm missing a leg, and um, and I was born missing my left hip, left leg, left kidney, right kidney didn't work, incomplete digestive tract, severe scoliosis, deafness in my left ear. Wow. Yeah, yeah. kind of the long little list of, of challenges. By the time I was 13, and had 23 surgeries. Wow. And I've been on the journey. Now, I've absolutely 150% believe that, because I've seen it, I've seen it. There's a body parts room in heaven. Yeah. It's a little bit science fiction. I'm not a blood and gut kind of girl. I get squeamish. Somebody else has to tend the wounds. And, you know, you go up into this, this room in heaven, it's got like eyeballs blinking on the shelf. And hearts beating in a corner. It just, it's, it's just like, okay, this is odd, God. It's cool, but it's strange. And, um, but there was this package I saw, and it was the full package deal of everything I needed. And it had my name on it, and Jesus called some angels over and said, take it to shipping. So it's in transit. Now, I don't know whether I'm going to meet it here or it's going to meet me there. And honestly, I'm happy either way. 
Because unless we're willing to live in the mystery of God, in the things we don't understand, we will miss the fullness of His majesty. We will limit the display of His majesty. And I want all of the majesty He cares to pour out. So I will embrace the mystery in the things I don't understand. And I, but you know what? I am not going to ever, by His grace, reduce my theology down to my experience. We have a really big problem with that as humanity in general. But especially in the West, we tend to reduce our theology to the level of our experience. Instead of allowing the difference between our experience and, you know, the difference between our experience and what we believe is mystery. That's really cool. I've never said that before. I'm going to say that again. That's cool, Holy Spirit. The difference between our experience, okay, and what we believe to be true about Him. You know, as He reveals Himself in the Scripture, that is mystery. Well, So, if we limit what we're willing to embrace is mystery, we will limit the amount of the majesty he's able to pour out. And um, God's not limited by geography, but he is limited by expectation. (laughs) And what is hope? It is confident expectation. So what does the enemy go after? Expectation goes after hope. And it goes a little bit like this. You have, you have an ailment. I have an ear that is deaf. So, it's in process, remember? You know, the parts are in transit. But I've gone up for just about everybody that, and their cousin that you would know, the who's who on the smorgasbord of, you know, famous people who pray for healing. Just about everyone and their cousin, their dog, cat, friend, and enemy has prayed for my ear. And there hasn't been that much, maybe a little, which I'm thankful for, yeah. and that's supernatural, but there hasn't been this, this, this grand, huge healing that's happened yet. And it got to a point I would keep going up, and it got to a point I'd keep going up, and I'd get, I would get somehow like discouraged, and I would get it hurt to put my hope out there, because what if it didn't happen again? Has anybody ever felt like that? Where you have been believing for something for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and it hasn't happened the way you think it's going to happen or want it to happen. And all of a sudden, it's actually painful to go up and keep asking. One time, I have a a friend in Australia. She's very anointed for healing. She's doing a meeting over um, in the U.S., and I was at the meeting, and she called for left ears that were deaf, that she had a word of knowledge. And I went, oh, yay, maybe now. And I went up, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you the costly gift of expectation. Because it is a costly gift. We don't have to have faith when we're in heaven. And we don't even have to have hope when we're in heaven. It's all there. Our hope and our faith and hanging on to that and offering it as a gift back to him, now is the only time we get to have the gift of faith. Hope. Shabbat. Wow. Holy. So I went up and she prayed for me and God's presence came all over me and my ear had absolutely no change. 
And I went, that I could see. All right? So, and I went down on my knees and I began to sob and to weep and it hurt. It was painful. And Jesus, he said, do you, it's so sweet. He's so sweet. And he goes, beloved, do you know the only thing that it means that your ear didn't get, get completely pop open in the way that you were hoping for tonight? Do you know the only thing it means? And I was like, no. And he replied, it's still going to. And he wants to tell you. He wants you. He wants some of you to hear that you've been holding out on things. You've had things ripped and stolen. You've had things that just are, are hard to keep believing for. And he wants you to know the only, the, only, the only thing it means that a promise that he's given you hasn't come to pass in the way and the capacity that you've been expecting it to, is that it's still going to because he's still faithful. All right, he wants to restore this morning. He wants to restore that hope that's been deferred, that hope that's been yanked away. All right, because you can't walk in faith if you've had your hope crushed. It's impossible because hope is the foundation for faith. And God wants to restore that this morning. He wants to restore the gift of desire and the gift of hunger back into your heart. And hunger is a gift. I'm not talking about striving or performance or got to make something happen. That's, that, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about the gift of hunger. I'm talking about the gift of expectation. And my ear is being healed. Just like my leg is being healed. But whether it fully manifests this side of eternity <laughs> or on the other side of that very, very thin veil. You know what? I don't want my testimony to be God is good because he did something. I want my testimony to be God is good because he is good before anything ever came to be. And I will not reduce my theology to my experience. Because now is the only time I have to give him a costly gift of faith. A costly gift of choosing against hope. Abraham what? Hope against all hope believed. He was giving God a costly gift of his expectation. Are you willing to do that this morning? Because if you will make a choice, even if you feel nothing, even if everything inside of you is screaming, going, no, 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 I don't even want to go there. It's too painful. If you will just even make the smallest step to say, God, even though my emotions are maybe not with plan on this at all. But I know what your word says, and I want to give you a costly gift of my expectation. Even if I don't feel it yet, even if I don't, don't, don't quite know how to engage it yet, even if this doesn't really make sense yet, I don't want to reduce what I know you to be to my level of my experience. I want you to bring my experience into the full encounter of your majesty, even in the places I don't understand. In seasons of transition, the enemy goes after your hope. 
Because if a hope deferred from the last season is held on to, it will keep you from stepping into the expectation that will release the faith, that will release the grace for what God wants to do in the season you're transitioning into. And Jesus does not want that for you today. This is a critical moment. And so we've got about five or so minutes left. And, and Jacob, can you come back up here? Can you guys stand up? We don't just want to hear this. We want to actually step into it. All right? And this isn't something I can impart to you or do for you. This is a choice that you're going to have to make with Jesus. And he is here. And there are angels here. And I, hey, and there are angels in this room. And I, and I have a real sense of them. And some of them I can, I can see pretty clearly. And that they have got, it's like some of you have got almost like these wet blankets that circumstances has put on, on your backs. All right. And the enemy has tried to dampen the fire of hope. In the fire of expectation because of what you've walked through in the last season. And God wants to relight that fire and the angels are here and they are here to take those damp blankets off, those, those old rags off that's smothering the flame within so that expectation can burn on the inside of you and create a space for faith. And it, not the faith that you stir up and conjure up and, and just make it happen and strive it up. Not that kind of faith. I'm not, that's, that's not faith. That's works. Yeah. I'm talking about the gift of faith that is the very faith that God has that he spoke and created the world with. He puts it inside of us. Okay? But we create a platform to receive it by allowing him to restore hope. And by making a choice say, God, I am willing to be made willing to hope again. Alright? So I want to pray for you. If you've had a season that you've walked through or you've been struggling in any area of your life, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, um, vocational, whatever area it is, that you've had promises that are yet unfulfilled and you've been battling with hope deferred, would you put your hand up? Okay, would you put your other hand up? Okay, it's that's the I surrender. (laughs) Father, I thank you as we have our arms lifted up like little children. Daddy, that you are able to take those wet, soggy blankets off of our off of our spirits, off of our souls, God. That would dampen the fire of hope and of expectancy. Father, I thank you that today is a day of restoration of hope. And that hope and that expectation that has been deferred, Father, that doesn't mean that it is denied. Daddy, and I thank you that right now that you are coming, you are coming, there is angelic host in this room. Father, to lift those soggy blankets off, Father, and to ignite and to stir and to blow and to breathe with wind on the fire and wind on the flame, that it will burst into a wildfire within Jesus and that the expectation of hope would create space and a platform and a stage, God, for faith to be able to emerge able to walk like those in Hebrews 11. Father, those fathers and mothers of the faith who, even though they did not see the promise, they inherited it. Hey, and that they were willing and able to live, 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 live in the mystery of what they did.
Alright, Lord, you see these hands raised. Or maybe somebody in your family that you love needs healing. Or just somebody you care about. Father, you see these hands looking up to heaven right now. Lord, we believe that Jesus just loved to heal. He just healed. So, Lord, we're calling healing power down on people, people's lives today in Jesus' name. I pray you to heal bodies. I pray you to heal hearts. I pray you to heal relationships. I pray you to heal finances. I pray you to heal people's visions. I pray you to heal their dreams. I pray you to heal their revelations. I pray you to heal their theologies about you, God, and that you're good. Heal us from thinking anything else about you. Forgive us, Lord, for everything that you are a good God and that you had bad intentions towards us. God, just remove disappointments. Lord, I pray you'd break off addictions today off of people. If people are addicted to anything, I don't care what it is. It could be something not harmful, but harmful to their hearts. I pray you'd break it off, and where we couldn't have victory in our life, we would have victory. That you, we would suddenly find ourselves in a place of victory. Today would be a turning point for people, Lord. I pray for everybody in this room, this message of hope would get into their lives and get into their hearts and get into their thinking. And then where they see disappointment and discouragement, they begin to see hope. They would see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. The, the, the tunnel would come to an end, Lord, in people's lives. And prayers from heaven would come quickly and speedily. Lord, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, about this time tomorrow, God, and something happened when the prophet said, about this time tomorrow, something happened. I'm praying for that. About this time tomorrow, it happened in people's lives that something would shift. Something would shift. I pray for Kent. Who needs a job in here? Raise your hand. Or a better job. Or an upgrading job. Or just something like that. I want money. Or Father, you see these hands that people need a job. They had a... They, uh, I pray right now in Jesus' name that I believe you've been preparing people. These people who have their hands up. There's a preparation that's been going on in their life. All right, now listen to this. This is what a friend of mine, I was telling Jim Brubaker about this. A friend of mine lost his job, okay? He had a good job. Lost it and could not understand why he had lost his job. And the Lord told him, I'm preparing you, okay? Now, he didn't tell him until he got his new job, okay? But he wound up getting a job with a major ministry, okay? It was, he had asked the Lord, Lord, I got this thing in my heart I've always wanted to do a dream. And before you know it, the guy gets, gets laid off from his job. And he went through a season, and then he gets this call from this major guy has a major ministry and saying, hey, I heard you could do this thing. Would you do it for me? Like a contract thing. And he did it. Then he says, here, can you do this? Yeah. And it went on. And finally, and now he's working for this, this ministry. He's doing his, he's living his dream. He said, I want you to raise your hand up because you may feel like you've lost something. But I believe God is saying, no, you, you haven't lost a thing because God is saying, I'm the father. I'm your father. Okay, and I want to give the dreams that I put in your heart to do. I want to give them to you. And I want to bring you into a fullness into your life. Where the things that I put in you to do, you may have asked me to do it and trouble has come. But that trouble is going to lead you right into the fulfillment of your dream. Father, I pray that for everybody in this room. There's a preparation that's happening with these people. 
It's not that they've been forgotten. It's not that bad things have happened necessarily, or that they feel bad. But there's the, the, it's, it's for a dream to be fulfilled. It's for the things you put in their heart. I pray for the anointing, uh, for making money, for prosperity. Lord, for, for, for living dreams would come in this room. I pray for the hope for that and the belief for that. That for those who have given up their dream and given up believing today, that something would come alive. Because of the hope that's been imparted to us this morning in Jesus' name. Oh, we just worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just felt like this morning, too, that we have the capacity. I just felt to reach into the spiritual realm. And if there's anybody that you know that needs hope in your family, friends, in the spirit, why don't you reach in there now and grab them? Just visit, you know, just see them there and take their hands. And infuse hope into their spirit right now. Just infuse it right in there. Lord, we infuse hope. Lord, right into those people's hearts. Lord, that are really battling and really struggling, Lord. And we're just right now releasing this portion of hope that heaven's releasing in this room right now. We take the hand. We just say, hope. 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 Be restored in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now we just uh, breathe fresh wind into their hearts. Lord, and that expectancy would revive, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. A life of expectancy, Lord, and faith would revive, Lord God. Lord, where that has been disappointment, Lord, the same place, Lord, that disappointment occupies in our spirit. And our souls, Lord, is the same place where faith resides. So, Lord, right now we break off disappointment off of those whose hands we're holding right now. We break it, Lord. Woo! Also, the Lord wants everybody in this room to know who's struggling with disappointment that the Lord is not disappointed in you on any level. You have not failed. Okay? You may have stumbled. You may have made a mess, but nevertheless, but God, okay, He's not disappointing you. You are not disqualified from anything that He has for you. You have not disqualified yourself, okay? Yeah, that's the dove on the shoulder. God is saying, I'm for you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And He's saying today, I am for you. I love you. You're my daughter. You're my son. I got the word um, acid, and I just feel like it's a word of knowledge for healing, um, for acid reflux, acid indigestion, just whatever the actual medical terminology is for that, I have no idea. But I just believe that that acid, that off pH in the body, it's just from hell. And that heaven's just here to just destroy that thing right now, so... If that's you, just kind of lay hands on yourself. Father, we just thank you that for a heavenly pH, God, just for a heavenly balance out of digestive systems and and stomach linings and the esophagus. And right now, we just just blow the wind of heaven through every body right now, God. Blow the wind of heaven through every body, Lord, who stands here today. 
God, we just speak complete restoration. Complete restoration. I command indigestion and reflux and all other subsequent issues to go right now in the name of Jesus. Woo! I just see His blood was shed as a substitute for acid. That blood in the spiritual realm is just trickling down. Just the blood of Christ. It's just, I just see it coating like an esophagus and a stomach lining right now. Thank you for these healings, Father. We thank you, Papa. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to just finish up with the, on worship. Uh, just being thankful to the Lord. Okay, we can keep praying for her, you know, but let's just take a moment and let's just worship. But Jacob, take, take, take it home, Jacob. Yeah! You told me.